The Apostle Peter tells us two things in his letter this morning. First, sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Second, always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope. We saw it last week, and if you heard the sermon on the webpage, the ancients did not view the heart with the sentimentality that we moderns do. For them, the heart represented not just the passions, but the intellect, the mind, the soul, in short, the whole person. Therefore, the Christians call to sanctify Christ as Lord in the entirety of his or her being. But how does one sanctify Christ as Lord in one's heart? The Greek word used in the sacred text for sanctify is agiasate, from the root agios. Often it's translated as holy. And while it obviously carries the meaning of being holy and dedicated, it also carries another very interesting sense, the sense of being separated from the common condition. Now, the Apostle Peter is reminding us that our relationship with Jesus, which began in our baptism and develops through the course of our lives and the gifts of the sacraments and the scripture, sets us apart from the common condition of this world and its limited view of reality. The Christian, therefore, must struggle to live in this world as one who accepts the truth of who Jesus is, allowing that truth to guide how one thinks, how one speaks, how one acts. And this process of sanctifying Christ as Lord in your hearts, in your being, of being set apart from the common condition of this world, is a call to our true dignity, that the world is powerless to give. And that dignity, in turn, allows us to fulfill the second mandate from the Apostle Peter. Always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope. It is not an accident that the Apostle's message was written from the, in the context of suffering from persecution. The world in Peter's day and the world of our day does not tolerate any vision other than its own, and its adherents will use whatever power they can amass, legally or otherwise, political or economic, to demand that all conform to their vision. The Christian must therefore brace himself or herself for rejection. And we have seen this over and over again in the course of our 2,000-year history. It will be this way until the Lord comes, may it be today. Suffering, however, is not limited to persecution. Today, many are scandalized by the very mystery of suffering. When they ask, how can you still believe in a God when there's so much evil? And it is for each of us to give that person a reason for our hope. So how do you respond as one who professes to believe in Jesus when asked such a question? 
When someone who is suffering asks you how an all-good and loving God can permit terrible things to happen, he or she is not looking for another opinion or some philosophical speculation that the world can offer. No, that person, knowingly or not, is seeking the truth and is seeking the truth from you as a disciple of Jesus set apart from the common condition of this world. But how do you answer? Please don't tell them, call Father Pete. Because at that moment they asked you and that can be a life-changing moment, not only for the one who asks, but also for you, as it will call you to draw on your relationship with Jesus. It can be a marvelous moment of grace. Whoever it is that asks, whatever the conditions in that person's life that prompted the question, even if the question is asked with anger or arrogance, which usually masks for fear. Know this. In that moment, God has called you to be his spokesman, to be his advocate, to be the vehicle by which the truth is made known to that person. It is in such a moment that you and I need to eradicate what I like to call our unholy litany of excuses. Forget telling God, Lord, I'm not worthy to answer this person's question. Because I can tell you from personal experience, God's going to tell you, you're right, you're not worthy. Get over it. Get to work. Forget trying to pull the, Lord, I'm a sinner card. Because God's going to tell you, so, tell me something I don't know. Get on with it. Don't bother with, Lord, uh, I don't know the faith well enough, and I'm not sufficiently versed in the scriptures, because God's going to tell you. And whose fault is that? Consider on-the-job training. Learn together. Don't even try playing the piety card. Lord, oh Lord, this person needs one of your saints, one of your angels, because God's going to tell you they're busy. It's your turn. When someone asks why we believe, that person is really asking, why do you believe when you suffer? Now think about that sometime today. Think about it from time to time. Use it to evaluate your relationship with Jesus because your answer will be framed by your relationship with the Lord, who alone is the reason for our hope. The one who asks, why do you believe in the face of suffering is ultimately seeking a relationship with Jesus, a relationship he or she senses we have, a relationship that offers a sense of peace even in the chaos of suffering. As the Apostle Peter tells us, always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope.